So uh, I think we are probably on the last uh, the last part of the 19 letters. It would have been nice to finish it before Yomtev, but uh, we'll pick up from where we left off in the 19th letter. So the 19th letter really is um, Rehersh's kind of giving an explanation about what he plans, what he, you know, what he did, why he's doing it, why he felt the need to write things, and what his future plans for publishing are. You know, he talks about, you know, tremendous humility, how you know something, maybe I'm not the right person for this, maybe other people should do it, maybe I'm not 100% right, and all the different, you know, issues when you put out something so groundbreaking, like the 19 letters, you know, there's a lot of, uh, especially he's very, very young, uh, someone, you know, someone that, you know, who ever heard of him, uh, he's really challenging a lot of the old school, besides for the reform, right? Um, so again, and he justifies it. This final thing that I think we saw last week was when he talks about, he says he sees a child enveloped in flames on page 334. The bystander, bystanders are afraid. They do nothing or else they're trying to save the building. I see the child. I rush in. Should I first ask my neighbor whether he too sees the child? Should I worry whether in my haste I'm jostling someone or perhaps hindering the salvaging of the building by running in? Perhaps I'm causing a draft, fanning the flames. But you may ask if it should be too late, if the building were to collapse on top of the child in a roaring complication before you reach it, were I to be buried under it, I would at least have done my duty. In other words, it doesn't mean maybe everyone, you know, maybe you have a better, better way to do it. Maybe this is this. You have all your time is on me when I'm doing all the smart people that are putting up blogs about why this is terrible and everything. At the end of the day, there's a child who's burning and I'm running in to save him. Ah, yeah, this and the principles and this is the long term... I don't, first, like, I don't have any answers. I see a child who's on fire and I need to save the child and that's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm going to do everything I can to save this child. Because that's going to mean that I'm going to be, you know, people are going to destroy me and it's going to lose my, I don't care. In other words, and again, it's a very, you know, everyone's, uh, there's, there's, there's always a hundred people that are happy to complain about what everyone else is doing, but uh, this guy is doing, you know, he sees a need and he's doing it and, uh, and he's acting and he's and, and that's the, and, 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 and I think history will, will vindicate that that's the, that that's the correct approach. You see it's Sarah, obviously, you know, you got to be Roy Lekach, you know, uh, today's daf, you know, you got to be Roy Roy, you can't just uh, prematurely, you know, you're not Roy, you know, you, but, uh, but the idea that, you know, that there's a tzarech, and we have to just, we have to save him, and all the cheshbonus just fall away by the fact that it's something that we have to do. So, in other words, one of the things that he that, that he's dealing with over here is is you know, um, it's his approach. Look what he says: You are right, dear Ben Yamin. Ordinarily, one would begin with scholarly investigation, and then calmly apply to life those conclusions that had proven true and tenable in the battle of minds. In other words, it's like I'm being very premature here. And I'm coming out and I'm trying to make changes in Jewish life. I'm trying to talk about the importance of mitzvahs and all these things. It's like, let's first write your sefer, get your philosophy down, analyze, is it right? And then, okay, now we could try to implement it into real life. You know what I mean? To sit there and go directly into, you know, the Rabbanus and directly into the lives of the people, directly into telling them that, you know, think, he says, yeah, yeah, you're going the wrong way. He said, this would be the more deliberate, the more certain, and the more pleasant route. Yeah, that would taka and chanami. That would, be the, uh, that would be the right thing to do. But our times demand a different course. It says, in the days of Mendelssohn, when the stirrings of spirit were just beginning, but the Jewish way of life was still on appear. So people were still Shemitah and Mitzvahs, right? Okay, the people are starting, you know, with their reform stuff. It would have been possible to develop the systematic understanding of Judaism as a science and to bring to the Jewish life that still existed everywhere the light and the warmth of the spirit of Judaism. Look, everyone is still from... But, like he said, there were many problems. People were very superficial. They didn't have a real understanding of Yiddishkeit. Okay, so we're all still from. We all still believe in the Torah. All right, now let me introduce 
the Sefer, I'm going to introduce my principles, I'm going to you know, put forth the Sefer, you'll read it, and you'll use it to inspire yourself, right? Like we see nowadays, right, Baruch Hashem, most of the community is pretty from, most of us are Shem Mitzvahs, but, you know, we, we, we have our issues with Emunah, no, with this, with that, with meaning. Okay, so bring me your meaning, bring me your, uh, Reb, uh, what's his name, um, Remailuch, right, or whatever the Sefarim that you want to do, and impart that into the life that we're already doing. That's wonderful, and that's, that's, that's correct. Had that been done, indeed, our condition would be different now, right? We may have inspired people, and we could have prevented the whole uh, reform. But today, this approach is no longer possible. Opinions not drawn from authentic Judaism have entered Jewish life. They are hostile to it and seek to undermine it. These views must be combated directly in the midst of life. We have to get them right there. We can't be putting out svarim and going through and then, you know, developing. We have to just fight them where they are. Only thus will someone who is still observant come to comprehend what it is that he's observing. Right? Then, the observant people will hop by fighting the reform. Someone who's about to reject will pause and examine what it is that he's casting away. Right? Someone who stands posed, poised, perhaps with honest zeal, to tear down and rebuild. Right? A guy who's about to start a reformed temple. He may be like Rav Hirsch, was very, very, uh, you know, he, he thought of them, he gave them the benefit of the doubt at this stage in his life. Later on, he comes fighting with you know, specific people. You know, but the idea, the general idea of reform, he's like, these guys are a little shame shemaim, some of them. They see major problems in Yiddishkeit and they're trying to make things better. Right? Those people may stop to investigate the deeper value of what they want to demolish and what they want to add on. Later on, it would devolve upon the scholars systematically to formulate in a scientific way the principles that have been proclaimed in life. This is the direction which I intend to take. In other words, bring, you know, make Judaism about the mitzvahs again. Make Judaism about practice. That's where we need to fight. We need to fight at the level of observance, the level of the mitzvahs. And, and again, giving people, explaining the mitzvahs, getting into the specific halachas and the mitzvahs and giving the meaning there and fighting the reform at that level. Now you want to handle philosophically, okay, we'll get to that. And we'll see, we'll, you know, we'll see how, this, uh, how this is going to play out in, in, uh, in reality. But in other words, we need to deal with the issue that's in front of us right now. What are the issues? Let's find it. Yeah, I, you, know, we have, you know, we have all these issues today, you know, with uh, crime in America. So crime in America, what's the issue? Oh, it's families and upbringing and, you know, single parent, all that old Mishigasa, right? That's true. That's going to take you 40 years to restart that. Work on that. But we got to deal with it right here. You know, we got we to fight with the issue on this level as well. Don't forget the broader picture, but we also need to, we need to combat the issue at the place that, it's, that it is right now. If heaven grants me health and understanding, I shall try to express the views of Judaism about God, the world, man, Israel, and Torah in the first part. Like we said, this was written as an introduction to uh, two books that he planned on writing. So in the first part, he's going to get to the hashkafa. He's going to go through the history and everything, right? Which he did very, very briefly here in the 19 letters, just overviews. He's going to write mamish like a Mur Nevuchim of Alpir of Hirsch. Right, imagine we would have had this a systematic hashkafa of Yiddishkeit. The second part is to explain the mitzvahs that we have to fulfill at the present time when we're deprived of our national soil. He's going to go through mitzvahs like Bizman Azeh. We're not going to, he's not going to go through, you know, Kachim and all Tayyar mitzvahs. He's going to go through the mitzvahs to, that apply today. I'll introduce each mitzvah by quoting the pertinent passages in the Torah. Right? Again, this is Chayr. We do have this Sefer. This part too we do have. It's called Chayr. He has the Psukim. Then we'll follow, we'll follow views about the mitzvahs which I've drawn from several years of study. In other words, I'm going to get to the hashkafa, the taimei ha-mitzvahs, the perspectives, the philosophy of the mitzvah. Finally, extracts the four parts of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, extracts from the four parts of the Shulchan Aruch will be added for practical application of the law. So he's also going to go through the halachas, right? very similar to Sefer HaChinuch, um, a little bit more comprehensive, more halachas, and so you may have to read Chayrev, and this is going to be like Sefer HaMitzvahs, taimei ha-mitzvahs all in one. 
All this will be presented for immediate use in life, as you'll see from the second part of this work, which accompanies this letter. Right? And he, gives, he actually sent him copies of Chayrev in this fake book. The scientific demonstrations of its roots in the Jewish scholarship will have to be left until later. Right? Again, it explained where I came from and how I got there, which is what he's saying. That I'll have to leave till later. Right now, you've got to read it. This is what it is. This is what it is. And I, what's my logic? How do I think? I'll have to leave it for some other time. I don't know, first, never really, you know, we, we do come in Chumash and in other of the collected writings where he kind of explains his, the science, right? He has this volume three of the collected writings where he talks about the um, uh, symbolism. It's all about Jewish symbolism, right? So he has a big chapter on Brismila, a big chapter on Tefillin, a big chapter on Tzitzis. But before him, he has like a 50, 60 page introduction where he talks about the ideas of symbols and how to work, how to interpret it, right? You know, where of Hirsch, how he got to his conclusions, we'll get to that some other time. That's what he was saying earlier, right? Uh, to sit there and go through, you know, get, present to you my proofs. Right now, I got to put out this information to inspire people. If you read it, you know, it will ring true to you. You know what I mean? If a person is keeping mitzvahs and he reads about the idea behind tefillin, it rings true, right? This is a very important concept in general, right? Is that we have like, we think that if you explain things and you give like, you know, the reasons, it's going to like make an impact. It could be a little bit, right? It's very hard to imagine that you tell a yid, you know, uh, you tell a guy, excuse me, about some grace of pshat and time of tefillin that's going to make any dent, right? The person wears tefillin, right? He grew up and he understands where he wears it, he does it, and now you give the reason that's, you know, that could inspire you and it could also ring true and diffuse, right? Exactly, right? So in other words, you know, we'll leave the other stuff. What's important is deal with it right here. For the from people or the people that are kind of on their way out and they're struggling, let's present to them the final conclusion of the scholarship, right? It's also going to be Maria, right? And then you want to be, you know, I'll explain to you where I got to it later, right? It's interesting, the Rambam had like a kind of similar right, in his halacha, right? He wrote the Mishnah Torah, didn't say where he got his information from, you know what I mean? He says, all right, you know, he said, he, he writes in a, in a letter that he regrets that, you know, he should have wrote his Makairis. Okay, but I'll go put in, this is the facts. And for someone that's, that's, that's from you, it will ring true and it will, relate, it will relate to it. The first incentive to write these essays came from the need to give the teachers of the schools entrusted to me a book in which they themselves would find their bearings of Jews before becoming the educator, right? This was written for teachers, right? I am glad about this for now when elaborating my notes for a wider circle, continue to visualize my readers as thinking young men and women of the people. He's always addressing young uh, Jewish boys and girls. The old guard, the old guard are good, they're still from, it's the young people, that's where he's addressing to. I intend to publish the second part first, God willing. In principle, you're right, of course, in suggesting that the study of the general concept should precede that of the particulars. My work was planned accordingly. Whereas originally, I was going to do Maria first. Right? Maria is the uh, hashkafa, the history. What is the role of Klai Yisrael? What is this purpose? That was first. And then there's the specific mitzvahs and how those mitzvahs relate to it. Nevertheless, I will let the second part appear first, although I know that it will probably provoke even more opposition. After all, people are, read, are readier to accept general principles before they realize the entire range of consequences to which these ideas will logically lead. Right? In other words, yeah, writes kind of a philosophic work. Okay, and you know, the implications that that means you're going to have to start doing A, B, and C... Uh, that, that scares people off. So I'm just going to put out a book about the mitzvahs without getting to the philosophy about why, you know, people, there'll be a little thing. But still, I cannot do otherwise because I believe that I've discovered the immediate cause of our present troubles and the false opinions and prejudices regarding the scope, contents, and significance of the mitzvahs. This is where, this is the issue, is the mitzvahs, we have to make Yiddishkeit about the mitzvahs. If we could sum up the 19 letters, it is this. Make Yiddishkeit about the mitzvahs. Torah is about the mitzvahs. This is what the Torah is, Right? Everything else is, is that's not legitimate Yiddishkeit in Rav Hirsch's words. I remember when I first started reading Rav Hirsch, I was a Bachar in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, uh, someone in my, in my dira um, you know, got me very into him. 
And, and I remember reading a lot. And as a yeshiva bacher, to me, there was only one thing. Yiddishkeit was about one thing. It was about limud hatayr, right? Torahism. Right? This was like, that was the only thing that actually was important, right? And I remember, like, Hirsch didn't talk about learning a lot. And like, it was literally like it blew my mind, right? It bothered me, right? Because obviously the only thing that is worth talking about in any Jewish safer is learning. All right, we have some other little side things we could put in there, but the only thing was Lima, right? That was, every yomtif was about learning. Every, everything was about learning. This was, you know, the world that I grew up in, in the Lutfashi Yeshidas. So I said, you know what? I'm going I'm to open up. He had his, in his collected writings, his first two volumes, he has six essays on each month of the year. Right, so he goes through from the beginning of the year, and he has six essays. You know, I'm going to turn to Siva. I'm going to turn to Shavuos. Shavuos is all about learning, right? That's what Shavuos is. And I remember reading it. I'm like, he's not talking about learning. What's he talking about? He's talking about Tyra. I'm like, right? And, and, you know, and you start, it, starts, it starts dawning on me. Right? You know, Tyra is, is Tyra, right? It's not the mit, one mitzvah of learning Tyra, which is connected Kulam and very important, as we discussed. But the idea that Hashem gave us a Torah, what is that Torah? It's a system, it's a law, it's a more than the law, right? If her says that Shavuos, there's no, we have no mitzvah on Shavuos, other than the regular Yamtif and Karbatis. There's no, right, every other Yamtif. So you eat matzah, you remember the slavery, you remember the chayrus, you, you know, your bar marer is bitter, all right, bitter. You sit in a sukkah, on aniyah kavim, right? Shavuos, which is talking about the mitzvah, right, it's, it's Kabbalah's a Torah, there's no, nothing you do, take, eat, shake, nothing, right? Because the Torah is so much... It's so above and beyond any symbol. Anything you're going to try to do to symbolize the Torah will be just minimizing what it is. And a lot of his essays in Sivan is talking about, well, what, what Torah is not? It's not like this religion. It's not like this. Because like it's so all-encompassing. It's a law, but it's also a, a, a morality. It's a life force. It's the purpose of life, right? In most laws, you have life, and you need a law in order to have to live, Right? The purpose, no one would say the purpose of America is the Constitution. Right? America is America. You need a Constitution in order to make it work. Right? But Yiddishkeit, the purpose is the law. Hashem created us in order that we should keep this law. What? It's so, it's very interesting. Yesterday's blog, we talked about women having no mitzvah to learn, right? So what's the schus? The schus taylor by Saita. So the Gemara says, right? So they have no mitzvah of learning. Right? So why do women say berchus Right? So again, according to Ashkenazim, it's fine. You can make a bracha on a mitzvah that you're not mechayven. But according to the Shulchan Aruch, he says, women should make a berachah of Torah. So a famous Rebbe Chaim says, you're making a bracha on the cheft of Torah. Right? And it sounds like a lumnish thing. But that's what he's saying. Torah is not just the mitzvah of learning. Torah is an entire universe of Torah. Everything that we've been reading until now. But at, at its heart, Torah is the Torah mitzvahs. Right? And again, the mitzvahs are, are, are so much greater than just the law. Right, there's mitzvahs. Everything is right. you know. We spoke about this a few months ago, right? Like one of the problems with this with this idea of like separation of church and state, and like now there's a lot of you know court you know fights about funding. Can can use government funds to fund religion, right? It's like you know from a Protestant Lahavdil uh, point of view, right? This, this you know your private life, you're, you can do whatever you want. You have your religion, and then in your public life, you're secular, right? It's like right? the Yiddish kite, it doesn't exist, right? It's like putting a, a gate up around your roof so people shouldn't fall off. I mean, could, could you use government funding for that? Let's say there's government funding to, for safety. It's a mitzvah sasei minatayra, right? It's a lay sasei, right? Having children, getting married, these aren't, these are all part of the system, right? And that's what the Torah is. It's an entire system of life, 
right? But so Rav Hirsch is saying here now is that this is what we need to, we need to restore Yiddishkeit to what Yiddishkeit is. And you read the Torah, open up the book as if you never read it before. Open up, and what is happening here? Hashem is giving this nation, He created a nation to give them a law. To give them, and it's not just the law in the secular sense. And the law is mitzvahs, tyrus, edus, chukim, and everything that refers to the whole Sefer Chayrim. And it's every aspect of life. You know, like, and, and to get caught up in like taryag mitzvahs. We spoke about this also, right? Um, you know, someone that I know, uh, Rabbi Shnei Burton, she just recently put out a safe on the mitzvahs, Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So he saw the famous Ramban says that it's a taryag mitzvahs, it's to live in Eretz Yisrael. Then he goes through, he says, Let's say it's not Tariyak, right? And let's say there's no Tariyak mitzvahs living in Eretz Yisrael. Are you telling me that Eretz Yisrael is not important and a person shouldn't live there? Right? We, get, we have this conception from the Ga'inim and Rishem that we're very busy calculating 613. But everyone agrees that even if it's not part of your 613, there are Dine right? Like I said, like texting while driving. Right? Clearly the Torah doesn't want you to do that. Whether there's a, a specific lav mitzvah and a shmart and ma'id, Right? The Torah is not just, right? It's not just technical whether it fits into a specific, right? But the ideas we spoke about of tzedek, mishpat, these are all concepts and they extend the law and they're meant to change a person. All of this is, is, is what Yiddishkeit is. Right? It is through these individuals misunderstood, it was through these individual misunderstood mitzvahs that Yisrael's essence is being misconceived, attacked, and destroyed. You have this misconception about what mitzvahs are. And again, you know, I don't want to get into the Rambam and the things that we spoke about, but like looking at mitzvahs as like prerequisites, so it kind of undermines the system, right? And again, if you read Marinavuchim, it's not, I don't, you know, Marinavuchim, it's very, it's a complicated safer and it gets very simplified, but there's this idea that really the purpose of life is to connect mentally and, you know, with God. There's some sort of mental idea, which is very philosophic, very Greek and Arabic philosophy. It was all about some mental connection to God. And your mitzvahs are prerequisites. Right? And the Rambam, so Karbana Yisar, because the Goyim did it, a lot of mitzvahs start to stay from Zoro, but the mitzvahs themselves don't have value in and of themselves, but they're there as a prerequisite for some mental state. Right? That's like, you know, and Rav Hirsch was very critical of that. You know, again, what the Rambam exactly holds, you know, I'm, just, I'm not, not the point over here. There's a, a Hakira, I don't know if you've ever seen the journal, Hakira, the Flappish Journal. Um, they have a beautiful article, this, this, uh, this issue about, well, I don't want to say beautiful, I didn't finish it yet, so I can't vouch for it yet. But discussing how does the Rambam and these we shine in the Chavis Alvavis, right? Read the Chavis Alvavis, right? Even learning Torah about that is, 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 is like, there's something, the idea of the spiritual, okay. But the point is, of Hirsch, we have to restore Yiddishkeit to the mitzvahs. This is the essence of what the Torah is. When you're learning Torah, what are you learning? You're learning a system of laws. It's all about the rules, right? You're learning Saita, right? That's what you're doing, right? That is what it is. Now, whether there's a mitzvah, now whether you should learn, forget about that. How exactly you're learning yeshiva is, is not the question here. But what it is that you're learning, I mean, you read it. I mean, you're reading a book of rules, a book of laws. Again, it's more than just a law in, the, in like a you know, legal sense of, you know, don't speed. But it's, that's what it is. That is what the chefza of Torah is. Here is what our strength is being ebbing away and we must rise in opposition. Right? That's what the answer to the challenge is. We need to restore the primacy and understanding of what the mitzvahs are. That this is our tafket in this world. Right? And, to, and, and again, and today, I would say that refers lost in that sense. Right? Again, you know, in, the, in, in some ways, in the societal ways, you know, English, in terms of their affairs, people say, oh, refers won. But in terms of our perception of what Yiddishkeit is, I don't know, I think we're still very, very far removed. Right, and all these movements of emotional and spiritual movements, you know, the more Hasidic views, it seems to dominate in our understandings. And like it takes, you know, when I talk to people that never read Rav Hirsch, it takes weeks and maybe months until they can begin. And it took me, right, when I first started, it took a very long time to, to realize this perspective. 
but what is the Torah? What is, what is it, right? And how, you know, connection to Hashem is not what it is. Connection to Hashem is the result of a person doing the mitzvahs, but that's what it is, okay? Once we have shown the meaning of Judaism as manifested in its specific ordinances and the specific laws, then we can set our sights higher and taking everything together, try to answer the question, what is the place of Judaism as a whole among the other phenomena? What role does it have within mankind? How does Judaism conceive of mankind's role in the world? What is the role of the world itself as assigned to God? And what does the world in turn teach us about God? Right, which, is, which, is what was, which is what Maria was going to be. Right? He was going to write this book, Maria. And again, 19 Letters was a summary of both. So we got into some of these issues. You know, we, we kind of did a little basic uh, three, four letters about the basic ideas about what is the purpose of the world, what is the purpose of man, what is the purpose of Klai Yisrael. But we got to first focus on those mitzvahs. Were the first part of my essays to appear first, people would consider all that I have to say about Yisrael to be a dreamer's vision, a figment of the fanciful imagination unrelated to reality. We got to get it to reality, right? Again, we, you know, we, we need that first say for also. We need the philosophy to make sense of it. But we have to, he wants to focus on the Lamaisa. It's interesting, you know, uh, Rav Hirsch never wrote Maria, right? So we have this little introduction, and again, it's interesting, right? We, he has three letters which summarize Chayrev, right? Now we have this big fat safe for Chayrev, right? He has three letters on summarizing Maria. You can imagine what Maria would have looked like. He never wrote it. Some want to say, because of this issue that he said here, you know, he didn't want it to be too abstract. You know, he wanted to focus on... Others say maybe the Chumash kind of covered it, you know, he ended up putting out the Chumash, which was published with Shirim that he used to give, and so it kind of covers it. I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever know, you know, if definitively why Hirsch didn't write Maria. Some of his descendants came along and tried to write it, but uh, we definitely have enough writing between Hirsch's other writings to maybe recreate, you know, how he would view it. Uh, we wish maybe he would have written it, it would have been a little bit more definitive, but we kind of have this perspective. So we have the idea of what's the purpose of Klai Yisrael, the Hashkafa, then we have his understanding of the mitzvahs. He wants to focus on the mitzvahs because he says that is the issue. We, that is our issue today is that we do not... We, we, we lost our idea of what the mitzvahs are, and that's why we're throwing them away. That's why we're throwing them away. It's interesting. Today, we're, we seem to probably suffer from the same issues, right? Like, we didn't, uh, we didn't correct this issue. So, like, the approach has been, what has been the approach is to, like, focus more on the emotion, right? It's like people are, like, not being careful about the mitzvahs, and so we're focusing more on the emotional, spiritual aspects of Yiddishkeit. You know, so maybe we're staying more from outwardly, you know, because we're singing thank you Hashem, you know, and we're going to shul more, but like, is that, is that actually a solution? It's hard to know. Again, okay, maybe if we're staying within the community, so it's a nice thing, but we also have this like phenomena of like people that are observant, but they're actually, you know, apikarsim inside because, you know, it didn't actually address any of the issues. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Hey, listen, every generation has to figure out the answers to its problems. And I'm not saying that, uh, that reverse show necessarily, uh, you know, at least, you know, could, could solve our problems today. But uh, I, I think, you know, my personally, it's my personal perspective. I think that we could uh, use a lot more of it. Uh, again, you know, taking it from the other parts also. We have to take it, you know, we have to take from everyone and then try to, you know, refer, that's what Rav himself said on the first part of this letter. So in order to provide my readers with at least as much knowledge about the general concepts of Judaism as necessary to comprehend the particulars, I'll begin the second part of my essays with some general outlines, such as I tried to give you in the beginning of our correspondence. In other words, this 19 letters. This is, you know, just to read Chayrev without Maria at all, it made me a little bit messed up. He, right? he divides the mitzvahs into six categories and what exactly is he trying to do there? So this 19 letters is going to be the introduction because you have to kind of have a basic idea 
And you can't just read a book of mitzvahs without having any idea of what it is. And you're not even going to understand his system unless you, you know, have a little bit of a summary of what her, his broader hashkaf is. I've also endeavored in the discussion of every particular mitzvah to lead the reader towards an interpretation derived from the overall framework of Judaism. Right? So the Teisha Halakha said a mitzvah, but he also shows how it's all part of his system. So much, perhaps already too much about this project which you were advocated so warmly. Right? right that's it. That's, that's my project. If it results, if its results will not remain altogether without blessing, remember with joy that you devoted so much enthusiasm to the needs of the community at a time when you might ordinarily have been totally preoccupied with your private life. Right? He's thanking him. And again, I'm not referring to a specific person, but in other words, that the, there's always been the young people that have you know, risen above and it's been amazing. You know, I, I, he's talking about my grandfather who was left here a few years ago. So, you know, he lived in Yeshiva for just a year or two. He didn't really, he went to Talmud Torah, went in Chaim for just like two years in high school, and he left. You know, and it was so he young Israel, the young Israel movement. People forget, you know, today we have a little bit, oh, young Israel, right? Young Israel were people that they're in America, young people, young boys and girls in the early 1900s. They said, this is, this is baloney, this is nothing. And they started a movement, and the, the thousands of Yidin were saved. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the idea what the. And where'd they come from? These American teenagers, and they somehow, you know, uh, decided to like start a movement to, dedicated to, to Shmir Shabbos and Torah Mitzvahs. Where'd it come from? It's an amazing thing, right? You look, uh, you, look uh, you know, where does it, uh, go play, go, 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 go watch a baseball game, right? But there's something, obviously, about the truth of Torah and people that are Nadavim Libam, and they. Uh, and they rise above and they, and they adhere to the truth, even if everyone ridicules them and even if, uh, even if you think that uh, nothing's going to come of it. Okay, and it ends up with a bracha. May the day on which you receive these lines be the beginning of a joyful, active future. May the wife whom you will today consecrate unto yourself always remain your most hallowed treasure. May the home that you're founding together be pure, holy, and divinely sustained, just like the cover, adorned with divine symbols which you wrap around yourselves today, the talus. May the cup of life from which you both will drink always contains so much sweetness that you will never despair and just enough bitterness so that you will not grow arrogant. Beautiful, uh, right? You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah. May you accept all the abundance of blessing as only a means granted to you by the hand of God to live a life of righteousness and love. Farewell, dear Binyamin. You're enough, Tully. Hajin Allah, 19 letters. So, again, just a, a, few, a few key points here. Is Rav Hershir is you know, and as much as you know, Rabbi Elias in the back, and we try to make him like he's a mainstream. Rav Hirsch is saying a tremendous, tremendous chedushim here. Rav Hirsch is saying something very different than what's commonly understood. The idea that Yiddishkeit is about its mitzvahs, it's about its law. I mean, we're coming up to Shavuos now. What's happening, right? We're, 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 what was the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Is the laws. The laws are what makes up Yiddishkeit. Again, don't take it as a dry technicality. Rav Hirsch says the problem is that we were doing the laws in a very dry way. Understanding that these laws are our purpose. What is the, the deeper meaning behind these laws? The taimeha mitzvahs. And not just in the mitzvahs like, you know, like, like matzah and mar, which are the obvious ones. We could all come up with reasons why we eat matzah. Right? But even in mitzvahs like, you know, saita and nazir, and mitzvahs like cheshen mishpat and yeridea and kashras, right? These mitzvahs are infused with meaning and doing them and, and embracing them are the purpose of life. And Hashem created the world that we have human beings who of their free will will choose to follow these laws. These laws are an expression of Hashem's will of his mishpat, of his chesed, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and ava, and to make a nation which will ultimately bring the entire world to recognize Hashem. Um, and uh, if, we can, uh, if we can, again, impart meaning into the mitzvahs, which means understanding that 
that that's our purpose and why are we doing them. Understanding how that fits into the broader picture of Klai Yisrael, this is what our first uh, contributed. And again, there's so much more to say. This was really just an introduction to the thought of Reb Hirsch. Uh, you should you should use the sefer as a, a springboard to learn his other svarim and really. And really, to, to, to when, as you go through your day-to-day as a Yid, and everything that you learn, everything you do, to look at it with a fresh set of eyes, is that, what, is, what, what, you know, what does this mean? Why am I doing this? And Mr. Shem, we should all be uh, to the time. And the Malar's Day, Hashem. Uh,